BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Progress. Chicago needs someone to be a truly progressive mayor. Hey, what'd you do that for? Mayor Lightfoot has literally raised minimum wage to $15, made Chicago a safe haven for abortion, and has made record investments in affordable housing. I don't know, sounds pretty suspect. Mayor, can you? You're right. Chicago did need someone to clean up the mess and pass a progressive agenda. It's all in there, dude. Lightfoot delivers. Does he read? About as much as he cleans. Uh... God, you know, as we talked about yesterday, according to Gregory Pratt, uh, his tweet that he put out, his friends who don't follow politics love those commercials. They're working. I think what it, it's like ordinary people or real people or regular people or, you know, like clueless people love it. <laughs> oh, I'm not that bright. I like the Felix commercials. Sorry, that is so mean to me. I humbly apologize. Uh, I've warmed up to them. They are great. <laughs> You're all alone in this one now, Ben. Your, your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, December 15th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, concert listings, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Thursday, December 15th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host, no, not Felix or Oscar. <laughs> we can only be so lucky. Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Say Something Nice About Mayor Lightfoot Thursday. And here's why. Yeah, because I'm going to say something else nice about Mayor Lori Lightfoot. No, I'm not going to be saying something nice about that dreadful Felix in Oscar commercials that apparently Gregory Pratt's friends and Dennis love to death. Nope, not going to say anything nice about them. Because really nothing nice I can say about them. Although I kind of like it, the one with the pizza. I don't know. Because I guess I love pizza. So when more life came up with the pizza, I was like, oh, I'm hungry. No, I'm not going to say anything nice about that. I'm going to say not, something nice about Lord Life. But before I do that, uh, I just want to uh, mention something I saw in today's New York Times in the obituary section. Uh, Mills Lane died, 85. Now, this is a boxing reference. Apologize uh, to my political junkie friends. But this this man, what an extraordinary moment. Uh, he was the referee in the uh, the famous or infamous, if you will, uh, Evander Holyfield Mike Tyson fight way back in the 90s. I think most of my listeners are old enough to remember that fight. That's the one where eventually Mike Tyson uh, lost the fight because he bit Evander Holyfield in the ear twice. Now, Dennis, I don't know if you saw this. I saw the fight. I couldn't believe when he bit him once. They, uh, Mills Lane was this, the ref. He took a look at the, 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 the bite, and he, he let the fight continue. Um, and um, 
But then when I think a couple rounds later, Tyson bit Holyfield for a second time, uh, he called the fight and his immortal quote was, one bite is bad enough, two bites is not deserved. Uh, Mills Lane, he was a judge. He had his own TV show for a while. He was a real tough judge, carried a pistol, real tough guy, hard guy, you know. Uh, but uh, any fight fan. You haven't probably mentioned the thing that most like Gen Xers and millennials know him for, though. What, his TV show? No, he was on Celebrity Deathmatch. Let's I, get it on! <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it was like Claymation. I, you know, I I did not know that. But you, you knew him from that fight, right? The, uh, yeah, Amanda yeah, Holly yeah. Pro- okay. Uh, what a, it was just a great moment. And he was the quintessential referee. You know what I mean? Just looked like a ref. He just was really fit guy. And it looked like his nose had been broken a few times. No nonsense. Bring it up. Bring it up. Anyway, uh, what a character. Uh, Mills Lane died at 85. Referee of Tyson Holyfield. Bout. All right. On to say something nice about Lori Life. And hold on. Hold on. Got something else I want to say. Hold on. Let me get to it. <laughs> this is from same newspaper d here we go he did the obituaries last time what's next the uh... yeah this is the column section uh gail collins wrote a great column uh reminiscing about the time alan ginsburg came to town the legendary poet here's like i went from boxing to poetry what other podcast and we got politics right around the corner what other podcast in the city of chicago is going to do boxing poetry and politics all right, so uh, Gail Collins wrote an outstanding uh, column, uh, a tribute to sort of Allen Ginsberg, also a tribute, though, to people changing with the times. You know, you think you know the world, you think you're absolute about everything that you believe in, all your convictions, and then you learn that somehow or other, the convictions you had were wrong, and you're kind of embarrassed by them, and you want to change and you kind of have to apologize to a certain degree. It's called being human, ladies and gentlemen. We're not machines. We're not perfect people, but it's possible to change uh, and bend with the times. And so Gail Collins, the columnist for the New York Times, wrote a great column about uh, her days at Marquette. Uh, she was a student back in the early 60s, and she wanted to bring Allen Ginsberg, the great poet, to campus to read from his poetry. And the powers that be at Marquette University uh, banned Ginsburg. They didn't want him on because he was gay. He was a homosexual. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the, the president at the time, uh, was Reverend, uh, Sherburn, and he was the person who ultimately decided, uh, to ban, uh, Allen Ginsburg. Anyway, uh, she, uh, Gail Collins closes this tribute by talking about a visit she had to Marquette in her alma mater. And, uh, as she gave a speech, and to hear it, I'll close. And as I was getting ready to leave, an elderly Jesuit came up to me and introduced, and introduced himself as Father Sherburn. Quote, I've been retired for a long time, he said, but I came tonight to find you and tell you that you were right and I was wrong. The old man came to realize that there was really nothing wrong with being gay. Shouldn't ban someone from speaking on a campus because he's gay. And all these years later, he came back and he told Gail Collins that, you were right, and I was wrong. Uh, so I am now going to say something nice about Lori Lightfoot before I bring on my distinguished guests. Uh, Lori Lightfoot yesterday uh, in the Chicago City Council convened a meeting where they approved funding, TIF funding, for the Red Line Extension. I moved to Chicago in 1981. 
I'm not from Chicago. I was not born in Chicago. I moved here in 1981. My distinguished guest had already lived here for I don't know how many years. Although I think my distinguished guest is not from Chicago either. I think if I recall correctly, he's from Ohio. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, I remember almost from the get-go that the city of uh, people, activists and community and residents on the South side of Chicago, begging, pleading, imploring, demanding, protesting with the city, the powers that be extend that red line from 95th street to the city's borders. You need to open the South side of Chicago to economic development. And if you don't open the South side to economic development, guess what's going to happen? The exact opposite of economic development. You will starve a community and guess what? They didn't open it up to development and they starved the community and lots and lots of black people have left Chicago. Well, lo and behold, all these years later, the city council finally got around to approving TIF funding uh, for the red line extension project. About time. I say better late than never. I say Pat Dow, I don't shame, shame on you for voting against it. And for all the wrong reasons, all the wrong reasons, people don't even understand how the TIF program works. Pat Dowell is saying, well, you know, they're raising uh, the TIF money should be a my ward only. Uh, and uh, it's not fair to take money from my ward and spend it on, on the South Side wards. I got news for you, Pat Dowell, and absolutely everyone who's listening to this show. TIFs are a citywide tax hike. As soon as they impose a TIF, everybody's taxes go up to pay for that TIF. Ricky Hennon is my distinguished guest. His taxes went up to pay for that TIF. Dennis, the producer, the wizard behind the scenes, his taxes went up to pay for that TIF. My taxes went up to pay. Dennis, look at me. What? Everybody's taxes go to pay for a TIF. It's not just your ward, Pat Dow. It's everybody's. And you know what? When I think of all the programs that my tax dollars go to, half of which I'm complaining about from time to time, extending. The red line south to the city's borders finally is one tax expenditure I applaud. So I know I've been really hard on Lori Lightfoot all year and the year before and probably the year before that. But congratulations, Mayor, for being the mayor who got it done. All right, I'm going to bring on the great Ricky Hendon, good friend of this show. Ricky, got a, I, I, my camera's broken. Do not know why. I apologize. I can see you. You can't see me. You got, it looks like you got like a little dog or is that a bunny? It's my, uh, you know, you get a certain age, you need the comfort animal. So I didn't want to have to warn that I would walk and stuff. So I got Pookie here. You know, hey, say hey to Ben. Hey, say hey to Dennis. Say hey, everybody. And it, you know, keeps me calm from saying crazy stuff. That's all. Okay, keep that dog on hand uh, for this interview. Uh, <laughs> about to talk politics with Ricky Hendon, so it could get pretty crazy. Uh, Ricky and I go way, way, way back, and um, a lot of people go, Ben, how can you be so friendly with Ricky Hendon? Uh, you know, he's this, that, and the other thing. And I go, well, I don't know. He's always been... Uh, wait, wait, wait. What's that this, that, and the other thing? What, huh? What? Uh, you don't political. have to soften it up. This is the Ben Jarowski show. What did they say? He's oh, a, man. Go ahead, they, say it. He's a wheeler dealer. He's not unfair. He's a political bully. Uh, he uh, kicks people off the ballot. Uh, he's kicking that now. Okay, we're going to get into all that. And, yeah, but uh, people need to remember Barack Obama kicked everybody off the ballot the first time he ran for state senate. 
everybody. And he I crossed agree. party lines. The Democrat off, the Harold Washington person off, and the Republican, and the Independent. So he went yeah. on to become president. I think every time we have this conversation, you remind me of that. Uh, yeah, people need to know. Unless I can remind hey. you of first. Uh, and uh, so anyway, Ricky and I are immortalized in City So Real. This is where I was going. Uh, the great Steve James movie about the last time Ricky Hendon uh, knocked somebody off the ballot, uh, Jamal Green in particular. Uh, actually, I think you knocked two people off the ballot in 2019, if I'm correct, but you relented and allowed. Wow. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, I'm doing this off the top of my head. You knocked five people off the ballot in 2019? Well, we, we, we Neil, uh, um, Neil, Neil the he was so nice. Um, I talked to, Dr. Wilson, he was just a nice guy. He was accepting his fate that he didn't have his signatures. And I knew he'd have a bright future. So we, we withdrew against him and we withdrew against Dorothy Brown. So you didn't get, all right. So I submit to you. Uh, no, we had him, we had a vote, but uh, Preckwinkle was also going after Dorothy Brown. No political strategy here. So I told boss, let, let Preckwinkle do it. And Neil is just a great guy. I had a soft heart. So I got in trouble recently. Soft heart. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so who are the other? F- you said five. Who are the other three then? Oh, they were uh, le- le- lesser known candidates, and I'm friends with two of them now. So I'd rather not say. <laughs> okay, let's just leave their names out of it. Uh, but the yeah, one that they're supporting uh, me right now. So, uh, no so friends or enemies in politics. Say that again. There are no permanent friends or enemies in politics, just permanent interests. Yes. You're quoting oh, saying I didn't make it up. Uh, you're, you're quoting uh, the great uh, British philosopher, uh, Ed Burke, not the alderman. Uh, he always quoted this uh, other Ed Burke. Uh, right. But there was not literally the alderman uh, who uh, said that. All right, Ricky. So uh, the tactics of knocking people off the ballot. And when you alluded to your boss, the boss is, of course, Willie Wilson. Uh, who was right on stage with us at the mayoral forum on Tuesday. He showed up. Uh, a couple candidates did not, but uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, and uh, so you work on his behalf. And in 2015, you worked on his behalf to keep him on the ballot when uh, Rahm Emanuel was trying to knock him off the ballot. I remember, it was Rahm Emanuel. Uh, and then 2019, uh, you worked on his behalf to knock some other uh uh, opponents off the ballot, particularly Jamal Green, and now you're doing that again. You're attempting to knock Jamal Green and old friend uh, Rod Sawyer, Alderman of the Sixth Ward, uh, off the ballot as well. So, what is the strategy? Right. What is the overall political strategy that you're following when you select uh, when you challenge Jamal Green and Rod Sawyer? Go. Well, just Ben, Dennis, Ben Joe. You know, I love you. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, and I really appreciate the fact that you brought up the fact that they were also trying to knock Willie Wilson off the ballot. So it's a two-way street. You know, it just happens that, that we do the work. we serious about it, and we were victorious. Um, same thing is going on right now. I just left the Board of Elections. Uh, Jamal Green's team is down there trying to knock Willie Wilson off the ballot. Dr. Wilson filed 61,000 uh, signatures. These Board of Elections uh has him currently at 50,000 more than he needs. Do you hear me? 50,000 more than he needs, but yet we're at, in the Board of Elections looking at him. Uh, they left him unchallenged 13,357 signatures. So 
we're sent to the Board of Elections. You only need 12,500, right, Dennis? Mm-hmm. Why are we looking at, and all the numbers doing is going up, 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 up. In Jamal's case, it's not going well at all. And um, Sawyer don't have any chance. I love Rod, but we went in every, every line. Every objection we make, pretty much 90% is going our way. So people can't say I do garbage work or shotgun or whatever or call it a, whoever on me for whatever because the Board of Elections records speak for themselves. And we're winning all three cases. So what's the advantage to Willie Wilson if you are successful in knocking Jamal Green and Rod Sawyer off the ballot? Well, you know, Jamal Green is a very young, intelligent, young black man, and I, I wish him well. Uh, but there are some things that he needs to learn about the electoral process. The law says to run for mayor, you need 12,500 good signatures. And that's it. That's the law. Everybody has to live by it. Daily, Rom, uh, Harold Washington, Willie Wilson, Lori Lightfoot, all of them. Um, so you have them or you don't. And he just happens to come up short uh, once again. Uh, but I, my feud with him is over. On my side, unless he says something else about my dear mother, Olivia Hinder deserves much better than to have people defaming her name. And she raised four children by herself. My dad died when I was three. I love my mom. If he don't say nothing else about my mother, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I've promised him that if he ever ran again previously, that I'd kick him off even if he ran for dog catcher or some other stuff. <laughs> but that's over with me. Next time he filed for something, he hasn't, you know, attacked me or recorded me or whatever, whatever. I'm going to leave him alone. Uh, all right. We'll get to the recording of you. But so let me put the question this way. If you're successful uh, in knocking uh, J. Maul Green uh, and Rod Sawyer off the ballots or either one of them, how does that benefit? Okay. Willie okay. Wilson. I understand where you're, I understand where you're coming from. Well, I, I kind of disagree with the premise that you can't have multiple black candidates and, and, and if you do, everybody loses. But there is a number. There is an amount. You have 12 black candidates running for mayor, one Latino and one white guy. And believe me, Paul Vallis and them are knocking off the other white guy. Mm-hmm. And... Chewy Garcia and them talked Ray Lopez out of running for mayor, and now he's running for re-election for Alderman in the 15th Ward. Uh, we're, I'm with Gloria Williams over there. Uh, if, if, if white people see the science in doing it, and if Obama saw the science in doing it, and if, if uh, Chewy sees the science in doing it, what's wrong with black people, uh, consultants like myself, saying the fewer African-Americans on the ballot, the better. Because black people, unfortunately, see eight, nine black candidates and they say, ah, no unity. Oh, forget it. I ain't going to vote at all. And they get frustrated and just give up. And you can try to get black unity, but sometimes you just can't. You know, sometimes people are on other agendas. Sometimes we are paid by other people to split the vote. And we're, we're smart enough to know that. I, I, do you think that a lot of that a, has changed? Uh, over time, and let me explain it, Ricky. Uh, when I first moved to Chicago, it was definitely the case, absolutely, positively the case, that in a citywide election, or, well, I'll stick with citywide election, you could not have 
uh, more than one black candidate without a serious erosion, if you will, of the black vote preventing that candidate from uh, being victorious. Right. Now, Harold Washington needed 99.9% of the black vote. I mean, he, Ricky, if you take a look at those old numbers from the 83 election against Epton from like the. Which I do. Yeah, yeah, from the 24th Ward, from the 6th Ward, the 8th Ward, West Side or South Side, it doesn't matter. Harold Washington, unbelievable turnout in the bike. He needed every one of those votes. Similarly, every single vote. Raphael Warnock in Georgia needed every one of those. There could not, there was not room for any erosion. All right. So I understand that philosophy. Have things changed in the city of Chicago? Uh, you take a look at the last time around, uh, two black women emerged from the uh, first round in the mayoral's race, Lori Lightfoot right. and Tori Brickwinkle, uh, as the victorious ones. So the erosion factor wasn't as strong. I remember Tony Preckwinkle, and you know this as well as I do, in 2010 opened my eyes when she won the primary for Cook County board president, and there were three black candidates and an Irish guy. You remember that? There was a one oh, yeah, Irish absolutely. guy. And I'm like, well, wow, things may have changed. Go. Look, the have the Irish guy in that race, he made a mistake. He didn't get the permission of the Irish community. He just said, I'm running, and that's that. Um, but But you're right. Uh, uh, Illinois has changed. Chicago has changed. Uh, I'm seeing right now, Ben, a black and white coalition that's emerging. People don't want to give Willie Wilson credit for it, but a lot of the, the Polish National Congress has endorsed Dr. Willie Wilson. The Italian Police Association has endorsed Dr. Willie Wilson. Uh, uh, Fili- Filipino community organizations endorsed Dr. Willie Wilson. And he's been all over the North Side and receiving... Uh, very strong support. White people in Chicago have changed. Attitudes have changed. Now they're looking at who's going to stop this crime, who's going to lower these taxes. And a lot of politicians say, oh, I'm going to lower the taxes. But Willie Wilson has a track record of paying people's property taxes because they were too high and unfair. So we know when he says they're unfair and too high, he believes it because he's been saying it. We, we, when he gives away his own money and say, I'm not going to take a salary, that should tell the people of Chicago he ain't running for the money when he says he wants to get rid of the red light cameras. He's been saying that for five, six, eight years. So I think that uh, the people, white people, just to be you know, straight up to you, my friend, I'm, we could be straight up today. Attitudes have changed, and I'm very happy about that. In addition, uh, Chuy Garcia has destroyed the black brown coalition that was left uh, among the progressives because Brandon Johnson is a progressive. Nobody can argue that Brandon and Chewy has said defund the police. That makes them a quote unquote progressive, right? Defund the police. Chewy said it. Brandon has said Brandon and Chewy were splitting up. I had the unions united together. Chewy, the, the Democrats lost the house. Chewy decided I'm not going to stay here and fight for the issues that other progressives would love to see him fight for. I'm going to stab Brandon Johnson in the back, who he was had pledged to endorse, and run myself. So since he stored, destroyed the Black-Brown coalition, and now that there's a new coalition, a Black and white coalition emerging, race doesn't matter as much. All right. Uh, a lot to, to for me to respond to. First of all, I must say this. I'm not really feeling Chewy Garcia the other day, these days, as you know, because uh, he stood us up at that Tuesday. I'll be honest about it, uh, uh, Ricky. 
I'm still a little miffed about him standing us up at that mayoral forum forum on Tuesday. That Rose Garden strategy that he's playing, and he's not even the president of the United States, so there's no Rose or Garden any near anywhere near his office. Uh, but he's playing the Rose Garden strategy, and that irritates the hell out of me. It'll, it will fade over time. You know, you remember there was a time I was irritated at you because you talked over my program. You remember that? But I, I faded. I love you as much as ever. Now, uh, you, <laughs> you knew I was going to raise that up. Uh, so, but I will push back. I, Chewy Garcia is so far removed from a defund the police uh, rhetoric that uh, now, I, I have to push back. I mean, he's well, going, now, now he's been, going in the other direction. Been, Go ahead. Then, then we have Chewy on record saying defund the police. For years. Now he's saying he's for reforming the police. But what you said last year, year before last, three, four years ago, when George Floyd was was, was murdered, that, that stuff lasts. Even during those t- turbulent times when my son and daughter and they were out there marching in the street, uh, we were always saying reform is required. I told my kids, reform, ain't no defund. How are you going to defund the police all this crime out here in the street? So now Chewy can say, uh, I'm not for for defunding the police, but he's, he's on record. We have him on record. All right. I'll let uh, Chuy Garcia defend himself. Uh, if he ever shows up to a former forum or a, a debate, uh, which he either. won't. And the roses he's smelling is that bogus uh, poll that the iron workers union put out local one fifty, who gave him a, a million dollars only poll 400 people won't release the guts of the poll. So we, got some of the information only 50 black people were out of the 400 were even polled and they didn't even poll any Westsiders. So how can you gauge, uh, have a true poll? They put that out there to get people thinking to choose the front runner. And now he's got this, his head up in the air uh, and the roses he's smelling going to turn, turn to be bad. We <laughs> uh, speaking of which, congratulations on the cannabis license. Uh, we'll get it. Thank I don't you. know if we have enough time for that. Uh, Ricky Hennon was way ahead of the game in terms of legalizing cannabis. We could conversations going way, way back on that issue. All right, let me go uh, back to Willie Wilson. And uh, I, I have said on the show, I, and I uh, believe this um, to this day, that Willie Wilson uh, has, he could get what I call the MAGA vote in Chicago. And the mega vote in Chicago is a significant chunk, Ricky. It's not yeah. something you overlook. Because, again, one more time, listeners, I know you guys know this, but in case there's a rookie coming in for the first time, we have a runoff system to get to that runoff. Right. Conventional wisdom says you need 15, maybe 20% to get of the total vote. MAGA is 15% of the city. MAGA is 15%. That's what Darren Bailey got. That's what uh, Donald Trump got. That's what uh, the last one, Bruce Rauner got. So that's a significant core of votes. If I uh, were part of your camp, I would have had you move to knock Paul Vallis off the ballot because he's your main competitor, in my humble opinion, for that 15% of the vote, pure MAGA vote. You knock Paul Vallis off the ballot as opposed to Jamal Green and Willie Wilson is probably a front runner uh, coming out of the first round going into the second. Your response? Well, you could not knock uh, Paul Vallis off. I looked at everybody's signatures. I, I, I looked at the mayor's signatures. I, I, I let her know, you know, because I don't have any personal problem with Mayor Lori Lightfoot myself. 
Uh, I'm just Willie Wilson. I'm working with, with Willie Wilson. And I'm also working with some automatic candidates to change city council because it's well overdue. But, uh, you know, the it's a significant vote. I'm not, I wouldn't just say the mega. Uh, the, the whole Northwest side has been overtaxed, overlooked in Polish community with Roman Paczynski and Aurelia Paczynski, who's friends of mine, Republican, it didn't matter. We were friends, right? And that power base that the Polish community had at the, all those years, uh, they don't have that anymore, but they deserve it. They deserve it. The Northwest side deserve to be recognized and work with just like all other parts of the city of Chicago. In Chicago, you got, and, and we just breaking it down for your listeners. You know how I am, Ben. I'm Dennis, I don't know how long you got me on, but well, you know, cut to the chase. That's why I believe all candidates should come to forums. They, 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 the citizens have a right to hear them. So I'm saying to the citizens that the, 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 the thought patterns in Chicago have changed. The Polish community deserves to be recognized and given power. Uh, even though they've lost because of remaps and other things to the Irish, <laughs> who the dailies camp ran for a very long time, nothing against the Irish, but this is the way politics worked in Chicago. And they kind of pushed the Polish community aside. Willie Wilson has embraced that community. So whether they were, were, were voted for Trump in the past, some of them have voted Democrat. They're conservative Democrats. I'm a conservative Democrat. I'm an anti-tax Democrat, as is Willie Wilson. That's one thing I like about him I like. I don't like the sugar tax, the water tax, the bottle tax, none of them. The bag tax. And I guarantee you, if Willie get elected, we're going to get rid of all that crap. All right. Uh, Willie, this is exactly how uh, Willie Wilson was talking at Tuesday's Forum. And just so folks know who didn't hear the show on Tuesday or Wednesday where I talked about the Forum, the Forum was held, uh, as Ricky alluded, on the northwest side at the Copernicus Center. Uh, and it uh, was a mostly white audience, as far as I could tell, uh, of residents from that area, by and large, who were affiliated with the, uh, uh, the various community groups uh, and political, democratic political organizations. And a few Republicans that came up to me after the show and said hello to me. Uh, Ricky uh, and Willie Wilson sounded very much uh, just the way you sounded. He made it clear. I'm against any tax. He made it clear. I support the police wholeheartedly. He came out and stated that uh, the anti-chase policy he thought was ridiculous. Uh, was too it confusing is. and too arbitrary. And we need to get essentially tough, tougher uh, uh, on. Can I put a pin in there right quick, Ben? Cause I think something about that police chase that people are missing. Can I put a pin in here? Go right ahead. Quick? Go ahead. What, what people need to understand is, and I understand that it could lead to an accident chasing these, these criminals. But if somebody just shot up a bunch of people and the police are on their trail, if they just let them go, what's going to stop them from shooting up some more people tomorrow? If somebody just robbed the bank and took some hostages and kidnapped a kid, a kid is in the car and the police are chasing them because we want to err on the side of not causing an, the, uh, an accident and hitting an innocent person. We understand that. But if you let the, 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 the criminal get to know, if I drive fast, they're going to let me go. And leave me alone. I'll turn the corner and boom. What's going to stop them from robbing another bank the next day and the next day, ripping another girl or another kid? What? Nothing. So if you own their behind, you got to stay on their behind in the pursuit. Simple. I understand. And it also, it's a case-by-case thing because you have to ask yourself in 
from one case to the other, was the public seriously a threat by the person that you're chasing or the person you're speeding after? Uh, and was the, I, crime, you, did the crime rise to that level? Is smoking, yeah. joining, having a drink in the car, having sex with a girl. No, don't chase them down. But stick-ups, robbers, rapists, murderers, yeah, get them. Yeah, I do believe it's a case-by-case thing. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, and don't use it arbitrarily like you were saying. Uh, just, just to harass people, you know what I mean? Just to mess with people. Uh, and that's where the problem comes in, uh, Ricky. Uh, but all right. So, but my point is, is that, uh, Willie Wilson made a direct appeal, uh, if you will, that was center right, as opposed to center left, politically speaking, no doubt in my mind. And, uh, so my question to you, this will probably be, uh, I know it's a little premature, uh, because we still got to get through the, we still got to get through the ballot challenge process. Uh, right. But you know, I don't know if that win that appeal will win uh, citywide in a one-on-one race with, let's say, Mayor Lori Lightfoot or even Jesus Chewy Garcia or Brandon Johnson, uh, because Chicago is still a Democratic city. And when I talk about the MAGA vote, it's 15%. I'm going to do some quick mathematics. Oh, that means the un-MAGA vote is 85%. So it's going to be kind of hard for a MAGA person to get that 85 Willie, Willie Wilson is not a MAGA person. Willie Wilson is not a MAGA person. I'm not a MAGA person. Why do people think black people don't hate crime? I mean, I'm not accusing you of that. But we have to live with this shit. I mean, you can we live, have to live next door. We don't like it. We don't like this wilding out and acting crazy and shooting up our neighborhoods. We have to go to these funerals, man. We go to these wakes for these kids. You know what I'm saying? I don't been to so many funerals for these. Uh, but my daughter came. She couldn't cry. Came home crying. Sky, what's wrong? The boys from across the street came and shot up the party. Shot up the party. You think we like that? No. We don't like that. That don't make us Republicans or uh, mega whatever. That makes us smart black people who sick of crime. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Willie's position on crime is the same as many, many black people. It's the number one issue regardless of race. Okay? And that's just the truth. Now, do we believe the police should be able to just do anything they want? No. So that's why Willie is saying he's going to break the city up and have three or four superintendents so that the people have more access, direct access to a superintendent at the superintendent level. North side have one, south side, west side. You know, won't get into the details. But then you have somebody you could talk to. A, a hotline directly to the, to the mayor's office for the people who are afraid to call the police. Because that still exists in the black community. And we're going to break those things down and get a superintendent or superintendents from Chicago Police Department from Chicago, who live here, who work here, who have those working relationships. That's what we're going to do. That don't make us, and don't, don't forget, Dr. Willie Wilson won 16 of the 19 black wards last time with the same thing, was saying the same thing. That's why, me, I don't lie. That's why he don't lie, because we ain't got to remember what we said. He said the same thing. I'm saying the same thing. He won 16 of 19 black wards. Tony Preckwicker won the sixth, and, and the other one is in Hyde Park, three and four. Well, guess what? Sawyer not in the sixth. He's not there anymore. So we got a chance of winning that ward. In the fifth ward, Leslie Harrison has retired. So now we're going to take that ward. And I guarantee you we're going to win the fourth ward because 
uh, Sophia King was the alderman. She's running for mayor. So we're going to win all the black wars. The question is, can we win some white and Latino votes? And we think we can. And Asians. I just take the moment to say Sophia King will be a guest coming up real soon on the Ben Jarofsky show. I'm bringing on uh, all the mayoral candidates. A wonderful person, by the way. Wonderful person, Sophia. And Willie Wilson will be a guest as well. I talked to Willie after the forum. Uh, And another thing that people should know at the forum, uh, apropos to what Ricky just said about David Brown, uh, the police chief, that we had a lightning round question. Are you going to replace David Brown? Uh, And it was a simple yes or no. And across the board, every single candidate that was there said yes replace i think the only candidate who would have said no keep would have been Lori Lightfoot, but again she did not show up uh to the forum all right you already mentioned let's get to it the recording uh shout out to the tribe they're the one who broke the story at least this is where i read it first uh you made a phone call to a volunteer uh for jay mall green essentially no uh, as- no they called me oh they called you i accepted okay. a call oh, go because ahead. a lot of black women asking me to talk to them, okay? Um, We knew it was impossible for them to knock Dr. Willie Wilson off the ballot. He has 61,000. We looked at him before we turned him in. It's what we do. We also knew that J. Maul Green was not going to make the ballot. So the women were like, oh, black unity, you know, they always tell you that, and can we all get along, and the elders should be teaching the young ones, and they called me when I had the flu, and it was my birthday. I was feeling a little Look good. I had the flu, so I had took some of that, drank some of that brown, <clears throat> you know, to cut the phlegm, not to get, you know, drunk or nothing, just to cut the phlegm a little bit. And I was feeling Christmas coming up, and I accepted the call. And they chopped the call up and recorded the call, edited the call. You have never heard the entire uh, conversation. And I was just trying to keep this young black man from sending himself to prison, uh, perjuring himself, um, that they had looked at 61,000 signatures of Willie Wilson in two days without having 25 people down at the Board of Elections to help him. It took me a week and we signed in and we have public records of me having 25 people down at the Board of Elections, six days, 10 people on Sunday for a week to go through Jamal Greens and Sawyer's and those were much fewer than Willie Wilson's. So nobody could convince me that they went through those in two days. You don't even believe it. Right now, the Board of Elections has Willie Wilson at 54,000 good ones, and we're still looking at him. He only needs 12,500. The young man recorded it. Unfortunately, on, I could press charges, but I'm not. The whole purpose of that call was to not send another young black man to jail. That's all I have to say on it. Uh, were you offering him financial incentives to drop the case? No. Why would I do that? I have no, I'm winning all the cases. I just told you that at the beginning of the, I knew that I was winning all the cases when I took the call. You know, there are other extenuating circumstances that the black women were telling me about this young man who was putting himself on front for Jamal Green. I didn't want him to hurt himself. Simple as that. I've been vindicated and cleared. Uh, so do you feel you were set up? The women who were asking me I believe their heart was in the right place and they didn't know what was going to happen. One or two of them may have been part of it. I don't know, but I've never denied. I said it. I never denied. I took the call. I never denied that it was me on the tape. I don't lie because I ain't got time to try to remember what I said. So, Mm -hmm. and I wish them well. 
saw him today. He, he smiled. I smiled back. Mm-hmm. Wait, you saw the young man that you were on the phone conversation with today, or you saw Jamal Green? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The young man that was on the phone conversation. He's just trying to eat, feed his kids. I'm cool. Uh, so, all right. Jay Malgreen in the city so real, uh, you successfully knocked him off the ballot. My memory is there were it was very some contentious moments uh, and uh, harsh words almost came to blows. Uh, is this gotten past the point of just pure politics, uh, Ricky? Has it become personal with you and Jay Malgreen? Let me let me show you something. Uh, Ricky has you left. see this here dear sweet woman right here. You see that? Yes. You see her. That's yeah. my mom, okay? She raised four children on her own when my daddy died when I was three years old, all right? I'll always love my mama, man. If they leave my mother alone, if somebody, I'm black. I mean, I know some cultures are different. But in black culture, in the hood, when you somebody talk about your mother, man, you know, you might not even like your mom, but you ain't going to let nobody else dog her out. And, 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 yeah, it was personal for a minute, but it's not personal now. I already told you, and I put it on Facebook and social media, my view with, with him on that issue is over as long as he don't defame my mother again. No problem. And you feel you gotta, you have enough to uh, knock him off, that Jamal Green will not be on the ballot uh, come February 28th? The Board of Election records will speak for itself in a week or so, and then we'll know. Right now, things are not going their way. So, all right, you, you mentioned already, uh, Ricky, the poll uh, that the operating engineers did on behalf on Chewy released, uh, essentially declaring him the victor already. Why even have the election? Let's just call it off, uh, is kind of the uh, message that the Chewy Garcia campaign uh, wants to emanate to the city of Chicago, which they're uh, seconding by not having him show up uh, to forums and functions because in a sense that kind of, if you have him on the same stage, uh, as the other candidates that undercuts that message, if you follow what I'm just saying, Ricky, and you, as a yeah. strategist, if your guy was ahead with 50, if you had a poll that made you think your guy was ahead, you, you would probably be making the same recommendation. No, um, you don't think that Ben, I've seen polls with Willie ahead. I've seen polls. That's one poll. You think I haven't seen any polls? I don't know why people would think we're not sophisticated. I was state senator, assistant majority leader, alderman, uh, uh, ward commitment, secretary treasurer, Cook County Forest Preserve. We are sophisticated. I've seen polls with Willie in front. I've seen polls with Lori in front. The only poll I've seen with Chewy in front was the one done by the Mexican businessman out of Washington, D.C. Um, and the Iron Workers Union, who, who and I had a 100% pro-union organized labor voting record as senator, 18 years lifetime. So this is no put down on them. But they gave him a million dollars. They took some of the same tabs, as they call them, from the poll that the Mexican businessmen did to encourage Shuri to, quote, unquote, get in the race. And it's all game. It's all game. Yet we've seen polls with Lori in front, with Willie in front, and the only poll I and Dallas third, not Chewy. Chewy has been fourth in most of the polls that uh, that the earlier poll we polled Chewy before he got in the race. Okay, because we knew what was coming. We know what we're doing over here. So no, 
with Willie in front means nothing as far as avoiding the public. No, you go and you answer those questions. And guess what, Ben? I was told that when Willie got off that stage um, and, and uh, that people were coming up to him want to take pictures, want to take selfies, putting it on their social media page. White people, like you said, it was 90% white audience. The Chicago Tribune had a story on Monday of this week showing that Willie Wilson was a surgeon in the white community, but people want to downplay it. I see a white and black coalition emerging in Chicago around the issues that we agree on. And many of them are crime, reducing this crime, getting rid of all of these stupid taxes, all right? Giving people a decent place to live, reopening trade schools for these kids, and bringing down inflation everywhere we can with this city assistance, and not just uh, some of the ideas that Chewy has, has pushed in the past. You know, we're for the dreamers and all that, but we don't have to have busloads and busloads of people coming into Chicago and then moving them into housing that was meant for the homeless people in Chicago. We're not for that. What about the homeless people in Chicago? Take care of that first. You know, that's all we're saying. Well, I'm going to push back on you on the taxes. And that was a question that was asked uh, at the forum uh, on Tuesday. A very good question. Shout out to uh, uh, Sharon Markwick. I think she was the one who came up with that question. And that is uh, the tax on real estate transfer of over a million dollars. So you're talking about wealthy uh, real estate sales uh, to raise money for to build housing for the homeless. And uh, that we was a no problem with that one. We don't well, have no problem Willie with that. Willie said no. At, uh, it, Look, if you were running for mayor, I think it would be a different thing. I think you would be a leftier guy. I know Ricky well, has well, a long time. Then let me, say, let me say this. There are so many different taxes. We intend to sit down, if God be willing, and, and, and the voters of Chicago make Willie mayor, and look at all of these, those taxes. I would never sit here, Ben, and say every tax is a bad tax. But I know the, the bag tax is you got to pay a tax to, to put your groceries in a bag. That's wrong. That's that's a that's a bad tax. I know the red light camera ticket program is just a tax on drivers. It's a bad tax. It needs to go. I know that if you reduce the sales tax in Chicago or eliminate it, then you can draw people into the city to shop. If you get rid of the goofy tax on the parking places, then they, they got some place to park. And all of a sudden, State Street will be robust again. We will make up the deficit that's the monies that's lost from the higher taxes by increasing the volume of sales. That's how you do it. And we can do it. Same thing on cannabis. And I've said this from day one, even though I want a license before I want a license and after I've said to my governor, JB Prisker, the tax on cannabis has made helped boom the field, the street uh, sales of cannabis. There's more marijuana on the streets now illegally being sold than ever before. And it's, they have choices. The, the weed man used to be, Dennis might, <laughs> might know this. Weed man used to have one kind of weed. That was it. <laughs> now weed man got eight, nine brands for you, bro. Yeah. Where is it coming from? So we can't be foolish about this. We got to be real. Lower the tax on cannabis, increase the volume. And we increase the volume because people want clean, safe cannabis if they're going to indulge. And if we can get it to them clean and safe and at a lower price because the tax not so high, we will make up for it 
in volume in sales. And uh, uh, the weed man is also making deliveries these days. Uh, and they make and, and I fought for that. And now the governor the other day said he's okay, finally, for some kind of public delivery. Because and we've been living in a post-pandemic stage. I pray to God we don't get back in another one. But, you know, epidemics and pandemics, you know, they're kind of frequent now. And people have gotten used to ordering stuff. So why not have their cannabis, their edible, whatever, come to their house and they're safe and they ain't had to go outside? All right. So let me let me just tell folks, the Ricky Hennon you're listening to right now is uh, acting more or less in his role uh, as a supporter of Willie Wilson. I've known this man a long time. The Ricky Hendon, who was an alderman and a state senator, was more like, listen, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. And I will now play that role. Here's what's going on, folks. You want to fund government? You got to have some kind of taxes. You could try to kid yourself that you can run government without taxes, but then you're just fooling yourself. Okay? I didn't say you, Ben. I didn't say no taxes. I said, look at what they are taxing us for, and okay. decide oh. which one. So what I'm saying is, I'm with you 100. percent I was with you on the sugar tax too, as you recall. You came on the show. Oh my God. Boykin came on the show. We and and. We denounced that sugar. It's regressive taxes that hit poor people at the same rate as right. wealthy people are the stupidest and most unfair way to fund government. It's unfair because it's taxing poor people the same way it taxes rich people. It's stupid because you're dependent on people on taxes that people can't afford. Our property right. tax system is utterly insane. We're, we're dependent to fund our schools on a tax that more and more people in the city of Chicago can't afford. So what they have to do is sell their home and move out of Chicago. Yeah, it it causes the same exact thing that the powers that be say they don't want. And yet they keep raising the taxes. We need to find new forms of taxation that are more progressive. I think candidate Ricky Hendon, Alderman Ricky Hendon, state senator Ricky Hendon, talk show host Ricky Hendon, comedian Ricky Hendon would agree with me on that point. Is that correct? Absolutely. I brought the film tax. I mean, uh, I, I, I brought the film business back to Illinois. How did I do it? I did a film tax credit, right? The movie companies in California and New York could come to Chicago, film, and get a 30% tax credit uh, for their movie. So a $30 million movie is now costing them $20 million because they're getting this $10 million. Now, how did Illinois make money on that if we're giving away, some people would say, that, 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 that 30%? They made it in the restaurants. They made it in the hotels that the movies booked. They made it in the prestige of Chicago to see uh, the Terminator being filmed here and the thing, the big truck going off the bridge. Remember that? You remember that? The big truck went up? Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it makes a difference. Yeah. So I brought back the film industry. Uh, Speaker Madigan held it up to the last minute. I passed it at 11.59 p.m. because at 12, 12 midnight, it would have died. And Illinois has flourished since then up until the pandemic uh, doing movies. So there are ways you got to be creative. You got to be smart about it. And we didn't lose a nickel. We gained money. They, the studio is still working right there off uh, on the West side. Um, uh, trying to think of the name of the studio. I know the one uh, that they hired um, uh, uh, Michael Scott, uh, uh, Michael Scott Jr. Center space. And I gave as Senator, I gave center space uh, $8 million while they were doing their build out. So we, ha- we, can, we can do things, we can be creative, but these regressive taxes, unfair taxes, and even the property tax, I, I think we need to look at that 
uh, with Springfield, uh, the whole equalizer uh, um, formula, and, and, and fix it. I think we can. We've got to go to an acquisition-based uh, form of assessment, which will never happen. But uh, I always, yeah. I always promote that uh, when I'm on the show because I mean, when we get to property taxes, because the way that would work. Follow me on this, Ricky. If you purchase your home in 1980 for ten thousand dollars and it's now worth a million dollars, if if you did an acquisition-based assessment, you'd still be paying at, uh, with an assessment of ten thousand dollars. Because that's what you paid for. That uh, nowadays. I don't know about all that, man. I don't know about all that. That's how they do it in Cali. And uh, if you can sell it for a million now, and you're yeah, making nine hundred ninety thousand dollars more than what you with, bought it for, I think you could pay a little higher tax. Wait, wait, let me just. I don't let me think just, you could pay. Okay, me, maybe I'm not understanding. Let me, no, let me just let me just point this out. So. If you purchase your home, I'm, and I'm just making these numbers up, for $10,000 yeah, okay. in 1980, you don't know that your income, even though you live in that house, could uh, buy that house at a million dollars. You don't know if your income can pay for the taxes yeah, that it's now it. associated with that house. All we know is that you pay for that house for $10,000. If you purchase it today at a million dollars, you can pay that tax. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to purchase the house for a million dollars. Right. Right. And I get so, that. Yeah. So I, I understand. I understand. We, we, it, that's something we should look at. I mean, one thing about me and one thing that I know about Willie, we're going to have a, a, a bring it. We're bringing back the block clubs to fight this crime. And that's one of the things. But the other thing that Dr. Wilson brought up to me was that we're going to have open uh, community type meetings like this where we really take your advice and take a look at things. So we'll take a, 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 a look at that. I'm going to look at the sugar tax. Remember that? Tony Preckwinkle said if, if, if we got rid of the sugar tax, Cook County Hospital would close. It ain't closed, bro. <laughs> we got rid of it, and the Cook County Hospital is still open and looks great. I can see it out my window. Uh, uh, somewhere uh, in Chicago, Richard Boykin is saying, I told you so. Uh, all right, here we go. If if uh, Willie M Wilson becomes mayor, will he do what he can to get that? This is my personal pet peeve. Get that Trump name off that building downtown, so we don't have to look at the name Trump every time. Now I know <laughs> Willie voted for him once back in 2016, but come on, that was 2016. Uh, he voted for Biden in the last election. Uh, he's let people know. I mean, it, 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 I don't think any American make a private company take up somebody's name off a building though. I don't, I don't think that could happen. Try. I would like to see someone try. <laughs> take away the tax. I don't yeah. think we're going to be, I don't think we're going to waste the taxpayer's money trying something like that. I don't mind you, you know, wasting my money on that. I think I'm speaking for all well, 85% you just of want, Dennis, 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 you want me to spend your money <laughs> trying to get a, a name and Trump on a sue and it'll be, no, let it go. I, like, come on, I welcome that lawsuit. I'm going to try to convince Willie Wilson. Uh, uh, maybe I won't. We'll pass on that. All right, we'll pass on that. Uh, all right, uh, before I uh, leave uh, uh, the mayor's race and close with a little uh, uh, other political talk, national political talk, because Ricky Hennig can also talk national politics. Uh, I started the show. I've been very critical of Mayor Lori Lightfoot, as you know, uh, for about the last two years. Okay, but I had to give her credit. For this red line extension. Yes. Willie, you've been in Chicago even longer than I have. And you know how long 
people have been promising the South side, they're going to extend that red line forever. forever. So are you going to join me and give it a little love to mayor Lori Lightfoot for getting that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And to everybody that has worked on it, uh, as, as state Senator, my Senate, Senate friend in, 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 uh, Springfield, uh, and roommate, uh, sometimes was for years was Donnie Trotter and Senator Trotter has fought for that for a very long time. So what's good for the people is good for the people, regardless of who the mayor is or who made it happen. And I'm, um, yeah, I'm very pleased with that. I have a lot of associates and people in our, uh, I play softball with, you know, cause I'm still, you know, all that, you know what I'm saying? Softball feel like <laughs> MVP three times this year, three times. Um, <laughs> And uh, they live on the uh, what they call the hundreds. I won't use the word they use, the thirty hundreds, whatever. We're gonna clean it up. But all of that dumping out there and all that, we gotta clean all of that up. And it's about time. And I'm very happy for the South South. Uh, all right, that's good. Uh, and by the way, yes, uh, Ricky Hennem. I mean, I was going to say back in the day was a great softball player. He's going to get mad. Back in the day. Okay, he's going to say he's a good boy. I saw Ricky Hennon play Dennis, you want to make me go and grab my trophy? You want me to go grab my trophy? You want <laughs> no, me to stay on camera, right? I got stay on camera. Don't go get the trophy. Back in the day. But that's when yeah. I saw you play. Was in two, I remember watching you play in the – Oh, it was like 2007 because I was doing a story about how they're going to turn Washington Park into an Olympic pra- playground, and you and were one of the people. <laughs> yes, you were one of the few people who joined me in that. Uh, and uh, Pat Hill, shout out Pat Hill as well. May she rest in peace. Right, and we uh, won. And yes, well, thanks to the International Olympic Committee, not thanks to anybody else in the city of Chicago. Uh, but um, anyway, I saw Ricky Hennon play, and he uh, truly. Uh, is a great softball player. I must concede. Uh, Thank you, Benji. It's all it's all God, man. I mean, two years ago, a lot of your viewers and listeners know that I was on at death's door. You know, my blood pressure was two thirty five over one eighty six. Uh, I was stressed hard about trying to help Black and Latinos and women get into the cannabis business. Uh, right now, it's one or one or two new ones. That's it. Uh, one woman. Uh, uh, my friend, Laurel Deniff, a uh, wonderful person. She's uh, a, a white woman that's in the cannabis space. But that's 99% white, I mean, black, white men. And we were fighting. I had to fight black people, white people, everybody who just didn't want to open it up to everybody. So I was sick, man. I lost my daughter, uh, Wendy, my firstborn. I was in five hospitals in four days. They did, they wanted to do all kinds of surgeries. Um, I'd end up with about 18 different medications. I take one or two pills. I don't take the blood pr- high blood pressure. I got, I de-stressed my life and I reevaluated friendships. You don't need all these people that's in your face to say you, they're your friend. No, you got, fr- I got a friend like Ben Jarowski. I'm cool. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I started eating better. I lost 30 pounds and then I got out on that softball field because the year before, that I was sick, I couldn't play. And I tried to get back early and I got knocked out the first inning. I'm a pitcher, y'all. I've never been knocked out the first inning in my life. I came home, I cried, I cried, I cried. <laughs> and I just said, yeah. I'm gonna get my body together and get my life together. And, and I told the doctor, I'm checking myself out the hospital. He's like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, you my fourth hospital I've been in, so I know I can do it because I already did it three times. When I came home, got on my knees, me and the good Lord had to talk changed my lifestyle, changed how I eat, 
and uh, went on that softball field, joined a new team, the average team. I mean, teammate is 22, the Wolfpack, and uh, they named me most valuable player three times uh, in the playoffs game, in the championship, you know, because, you know, I, I play well. And uh, at 69, I'd like to think that all the older guys would, you know, be happy when they see me out there playing well. But some of them be hating, bro, and that's just the way it is. So you can't care about them. Just care about you and your life and your people you love, and you'll be all right. No, you really can't. Uh, and I remember when you were sick. I uh, remember very, uh, yes, uh, phone conversations and texts and stuff when you were really down and out. So it's good to see that you've lost the weight and you're in better shape. Um, Absolutely. All right, let's close with a little one national question. We're right, really out of time. Uh, and Ricky's to come on. We do the uh, Ricky on Donald Trump. <sighs> I. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. The Donald Trump when when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember. And Ricky goes, Trump said, uh, but I don't have a good act. Puerto Rico is an island surrounded by water. And Ricky, you were like, what other kind of island is there? Oh, you know, Donald Trump is uh, a character. <laughs> if I was the Democrats just being purely political right now, I wouldn't indict him, you know, just let him go ahead and run for president again and let the Republicans have to explain that because they have lost control of their own party. And that's a sad thing. But if I was a true partisan only Democrat, because, you know, I don't believe in this two party system. I think it's bad for us. Either you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. And that's one reason we fight all the time. But let the Republicans have to own up and live with that. That would be a show for you. You know, what? let Trump run and the Republicans get in there. A couple of them going to run against him and let him start talking about them. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, the question I was leading up to, uh, we, God, we really wish you had been on the show to talk about this when, when it was going on. Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnick in Georgia. Oh, I mean, seriously, Ricky, come on. <laughs> Herschel Walker. I, um, I, 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 I loved Herschel Walker as a football player. Just couldn't stand Herschel Walker as a trying to be elected official politician because it was just sad. You know, it was just he was just to me a puppet of the Republicans. And I got Republican friends who was just bragging and boasting about this big, big red wave coming and how Herschel was gonna. And I was like, ain't gonna happen. I have more faith in the American people. That's one reason I feel good about this race for mayor and a new city council. I just want to make sure people get that. I don't just work for Willie Wilson. I've got about seven clients for aldermen, uh, true progressives, trying to bring about change. And I think the people of Chicago, regardless of race, creed or color, are going to see the light and vote with the, the best guy for mayor, and that's Willie Wilson, and some of these young progressives that's running for aldermen. I really believe that. And the, I'm so proud of the Polish community because, like I said, Aurelia, me and her was cool. We weren't as cool. I mean, me and her were cooler than me and Roman because, I, you know, Aurelia was young when Roman was congressman and me and her got new connected then uh, before she got elected any office. We were just cool people. You know, you meet some people, the party don't mean nothing, man. You know, and I'm just so proud that they have thrown their support to Dr. Willie Wilson. And it's a shame that the some of the major media is, trying to play it like it don't mean anything. 
All right, Ricky, uh, as always, I always let my guests uh, as get the last word, whatever it is that they want to say. Can you imagine if Paul Ballas was getting the black vote right now? You think the media wouldn't be on top of that? Oh, Paul be, oh yeah. No. First of all, I can't imagine him getting the black vote. That's the first thing. Uh, but yes. Uh, well, you know, I let through. Chewy Garcia's poll had Chewy getting 50% of the black yeah, well, vote. We just <laughs> laugh. We just I, laugh. So, uh, I think but I would, I'd also have to word, say, uh, the white vote is going to determine who's going to win mayor. And right now, they're with Willie Wilson. All right. And I would just say, uh, Mayor Daly had a hand in uh, pitting a black Chicago against a Hispanic Chicago with the creation of the HDO. But that's ancient history. Uh, Ricky yeah, Hendon, you know it. In fact, right now. Ricky Hendon. I'm going to say this right now. See, people don't know the history of Ricky Hendon. I think it was 1992. Maybe it was 91. Ricky Hendon was an alderman from Chicago. Look it up. And he sat next to Luis Gutierrez. Oh, my God. (laughs) I will never forget. It was a vote. I think it was on ComEd. Wasn't it the ComEd vote? Yes, ComEd. And, they and, gave Tommy a 50-year contract yeah. with no minority participation or affirmative action, and left-hand Louis, we called him at that time, uh, was the deciding vote. Yes. And Louis sat in that right next to me. And I, you know, even though it doesn't matter now, I won't say exactly what he said. He pretty much was like, I'm looking out for myself. If these other uh, Latinos don't ain't that smart, that's on them. And if you blacks ain't that smart, that's on y'all. Bye. Yeah, and he voted it with Daley, and then he got the endorsement to run for Congress. Uh, and Ricky Hendon stood up in the council right next to the guy. This is the old Ricky Hendon before the lifestyle change, before he got that blood pressure down. <laughs> this is the old – before he clutched a little uh, pet dog that he has here to calm himself down. This is the old Ricky Hendon, and he goes – he just started scripting screaming about he sold out he transferred his vote for that congress i'm like wow (laughs) listen at least louis told me the truth you know and guess who hdo is supporting right now for mayor well victor reyes who used to be Democratic organization yeah you know all behind i told us to some lefty that sent me that i go you live along enough in chicago you see it all of hdo uh, was the outfit that te- tag team with Daly to oust Chewy Garcia as a state senator? Look it up, ladies and gentlemen. Know your history. I was there. I want to say it was either '96 or '98. I can't remember the exact year. Uh, and now Victor Reyes, who was with HDO as start as advisor to the Jesus Garcia campaign. You live long enough, Ricky Hendon. You see it all. All right. Chewy not the same as he used to be, dog. He, Chewy was my boy. We used to party together. I love Chewy. He knew all the black songs. He knew more the lyrics of the soul music than we did. But over the course of the years, it became more of a business to him than a true issue in his heart. Right. I truly in my heart love Chicago and we're going to change Chicago for all the people of the city. Black, white, brown, Latino, Asian, everybody. So let's close with a black I thought that was it. No, we're going to close with a black music trivia question. Here we go. You alluded, you said that Jesus Chewy Garcia knows black music uh, is better than black people. You have already quoted the title of one of my favorite songs from the 1970s. 
Name the title of that song that you have already quoted in this show and name the group that sang it. Go. What? <laughs> I thought you said, but Dennis, play Rona Money. Play my song. I know that's not even that one. Rona uh, Money. You said, I always love my mama. Oh, I always love my mama. She's my favorite girl. Who sung that? Only one, only one. I'll always love my Jackson Fire. No, the intruders. Come on. The intruders. Oh, do I get it? Do I still get the $50? I didn't say $50. I said <laughs> trivia points, which are redeemable at any jewels. Oh, yeah, I could try that. Uh, ben gave me 10 trivia points. Uh, I'd like to buy a carton of milk. <laughs> man, I love y'all, man. I really do, man. You're my mo- brother from another mother. You know, and so that means Jamal Green was talking about your mother. <laughs> yeah, don't say anything about my mama. All right. Uh, very, all thank right, you very much. Anytime. It's always a pleasure. All right. Bye. Anytime, guys. Call it back. All right. That's Ricky Hendon, a friend right. of the show. Old friend of mine. I've known him forever. I uh, also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of all in Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. It's Ricky Hendon and Willie Wilson uh, and Jesus Chewy Garcia and the intruders will tell you. Back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. The D stands for the marvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. I've got work to do for our city.